You're listening to Robertson Adel Kazilski. Shavua Tov and welcome to Chai FM. This is Robertson Adel Kazilski and as always we are studying the book of Genesis. We are looking into the mysteries of creation and trying to understand for ourselves what it is and how was it when God created the world. Um, we are now going to be looking at day five and a wee bit of day six, which pertains to the verses 20 to 25 in chapter one of Genesis. So if you do have a Bible on hand, if you have a Chumash, Parashat Bereshit, the first uh, um, book, Genesis, and you're looking at chapter one, we are going to begin by studying um, the fifth day of creation. Now, as always, I welcome conversation and I welcome feedback. So um, if you have anything to ask or you have anything to say, please don't be shy. Our on-air SMS is 34519. And you can also WhatsApp on 061-895-1019. Of course, if you really want to have a chat, 010 is our studio number, 10 Verse uh, day five, this is now we're talking about Thursday of creation. We are now going to see God bringing into this world um, life as we know it and life as we relate to it. Whilst we have majestic mountains, beautiful seas, you know, beautiful nature, um, man tends to, to, to move more towards the animal kingdom in terms of having a relationship with it, meaning most of us will have a, a dog, a cat, we'll be close to an animal, we will have some type of relationship to the living uh, creatures on the planet as opposed to the inanimate or very animate, very limited animate um, creatures such as a flower or a plant or, you know, one doesn't worry too much when one goes away for the day. If we leave our pot plant alone, we do worry about our dog, our cat. And that is because now what we are seeing is that the first three days of creation – um, God created everything inanimate, and then for the next three days, we start seeing a much more complex world coming in, a world that has a vitality, a world that has a life. Um, and we actually see for the first time that God actually makes a creation. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the verses in English for you, chapters, uh, verses 20 to 20, uh, I think it's to 25. Um, and these are going to cover the day five and a little bit of day six. And then we'll go back and we'll look at some ideas that the Torah is teaching us. So it goes as follows. Vayomer Elohim, God says, Yishritzu hamayim sheretz nefesh chaya ve'of yo'efef al ha'aretz al pene rikia hashamayim. Let the waters teem with living creatures. And fowl that fly ab about over the earth across the expanse of the heavens. And God created Vayivra Elohim Hatananim Hagadolim. God created the great sea giants. Vetkol Nefeshachaya and all the living beings that creep with which the waters teemed after their kinds and all the winged fowl after their kind. Vayar Elohim Kitov. God saw that they were good. 
And then Vayivarech Otam Elokim, God blessed them. And he said to them famous words, Puru'u, Uruvu, Umilu etayam, be fruitful and multiply and fill the, and, and, and fill the waters of the seas. Vehaof, Yerof Ba'aretz, and let the fall increase on the earth. Vayihi Erev, Vayihi Boker, Yom Hamishi. And it was evening and it was morning the fifth day. So what we can see is that on the fifth day, God created all sorts of flying creatures. And there are many opinions. In fact, there are two major opinions as to how they were created. Some say they were created from the water, just like the fish. And in fish, the influence of water is strong and they live in water. Birds, on the other hand, also contain the element of air so that they can fly. So some opinion is that that they were created straight from the water. Others um, say that the, these birds, these flying, these birds that came out of the water were created from the fine mud that is found at the bottom of the sea. And this mud, according to rabbis, is a mixture of earth, of air, and of water. And since these birds were created from this mud, mud they landed up being a halfway intermediate between the creatures from the water and those created from um, the earth. And then uh, you will also see that um, God created etatanim, hagdolim, which in the art scroll, which I use primarily as my, 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 my translation, it, um, they translated as the great sea giants. The Torah anthology, the Ma'am Lo'ez, uh, says that they were the great dragons. Okay, and every every living thing that crawls with which the waters teem, and every winged flying creature. So here we see that God created great dragons. Now, in the Talmud, Rabbi Barbarchana tells mystical tales about these great fish. Now, it's I don't even think it's something of a whale. I think a whale is something small compared to it. Um, in the Talmud, Rabbi Barbarchana describes these creatures. Um, that that they are they they they're pretty huge, okay. Um, we're able to eat the flesh of this fish. Some of it is salted, and it actually talks about the fact that once Rabbi Bar Barchana was traveling by the sea, and he saw what appeared to be an island, and this island even had grass growing on it, and he thought it was solid ground, and the passengers disembarked from the ship strolled on this island, made a fire with which to cook, and when the ground became heated, the island began to move, tossing everybody into the sea. And if the ship had not been on hand, everybody would have drowned. And Rabbi Barbachana concludes, this island was not an island, but in fact was nothing other than a large fish disguised by the sand on its back. And this is... Um, one of the descriptions that talks about these monstrous creatures. We also, by the way, have an opinion that these Tananim Gdolim, that these great sea giants or great dragons, is in fact an allusion to the angels that were created on the fifth day um, and that there was a whole host of them that was done. Now, <coughs> excuse me, one of the interesting ideas is that we also have in Torah the concept of the Leviathan, the Leviathan, okay? Um, and it says that this sea creature, it's a, it's a very, very big fish. 
this Leviathan um, lives in the deepest parts of the oceans and the Torah says supports the world on its back and it always keeps its mouth open, swallowing fish and eating them. And uh, we are told that each and every day another large fish comes to the mouth of the Leviathan thinking that um, – you know, this is just another part of the sea, but only to know that it moves. It, it Once it's found in the mouth, the Leviathan closes its mouth and eats it all up. Um, there is one source that says every 70 years, the Leviathan, the Leviathan lifts its fins and moves and causes earthquakes. Now, um, there's a lot to talk about the Leviathan, but one very interesting idea about the Leviathan is that there is going to be a feast um, at the end of time where we will eat of the flesh of the Leviathan along with the Shohabor, with a certain ox um, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a place. They talk about a huge feast at the end of time. Now, most rabbis comment that this is not really a a practical, a physical idea, but rather it is the idea that at the end of days, we will be partaking of very deep things because Mashiach will have arrived, the Messiah would have come, and there would be a huge spiritual awakening. And with that awakening will come like a tremendous amount of enlightenment and tremendous amount of knowledge. And the way that they use this parable, the way that they describe this parable is in fact that this parable is um, is clothed in the idea of this Leviathan, this Leviathan. You're listening to Robertson Adol Kazilski. Welcome back, and we are going to be learning today Le'ilui Nishmas Yitzhak Ben Herschel. Um, we are discussing and learning about the fifth day of creation. Now, one of the interesting ideas that is brought behind the creation of the world is, in fact, that every single day of creation, every day of creation represents a thousand years, meaning we are really only have a lifespan of this planet as we know it for 6,000 years. We're obviously now in the year 5,778. We're not very far away from the year 6,000, and every single day of creation microcosmically would play out itself into a thousand years um, macrocosmically, and that is really uh, what is happening. It's a fascinating discussion. I've discussed it before on Chai FM, and I'm not going to get into all the details. Right now, we are on the Erev Shabbat. We are on the eve of the Sabbath, which we will get get to learn perhaps next week or the week after what happened on the eve of the Shabbat. Um, I can actually tell you what the um, what time it is in terms of the, 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 the cosmic clock. There actually is a, a person who posts on their website what time the cosmic clock is. So here it is. Um, in terms of the cosmic clock, i.e. in terms of saying that for every day of creation, we are now macrocosmically playing it out. We are now 1239 58.89723 seconds on Friday afternoon. So we're about 20 to 1. Just to simplify it for everybody, if you want to know it again, it's 12 hours, 39 minutes, 58 seconds, 0.897278. And that last number 8 is changing ever so slowly. So we're 20 to 1. 
on the cosmic clock. Now, one of the interesting ideas brought is that when we look at the fifth day of creation, there is one item missing um, that was not so on all others, and that was the fact that God, that, that there are the words, and it was so. If you read the whole of the fifth day, if you go back and you look at chapters 20, uh, 21, 22, 23, which we've just gone through, it doesn't have the words, and it was so. It's the only exception, this fifth day. And it was so doesn't occur. And our rabbis teach because it was on this day that the concept of war between nations was established. And what does it, why does it make any difference to us? So we're, we're, we're told that if we take the 6,000 years, the first 2,000 years were chaos and void, similar to the, what we had during the time of creation. There was tohu vavohu, there was light, but it was a bit of a mush. The next 2,000 years, Okay, um, have to afterwards were the years when Israel, B'nai Israel, the Jews accepted the Torah, and the final two thousand years pertain to the Messianic age, and it, if we are worthy, it is in this the fifth and the sixth millennium that we will be worthy of the redemption. So the rabbis say, so why was Vayehichain not mentioned? Okay, on the fifth day, because they say that the concept of war between the nation, uh, between nations came into being, and we know that the ultimate war will be the war of Gog and Magog of Armageddon, which will take place before the Messianic era, and um, this would likely occur in the fifth day of the world, meaning the beginning of the fifth millennium. Now, if you go and have a look at the Hebrew equivalent of, um, of, of the fifth, uh, fifth millennium, you will see that, uh, we, we have, we have certainly, certainly seen much, much war. And particularly in our times now, as we are just on the footsteps of Mashiach, on the, on the, uh, on the heels of Mashiach, you'll see that, uh, we've gone through two world wars. And right now we're struggling with uh, keeping contained a, a third world war. And so, and it was so, was not mentioned then. But all of this is of a, another subject. I'd like to come back to the creations um, that were created on the fifth day. And one of the things that we have to take um, into account is that we see the word vayivrach. Okay, um, that they, they, they were created. There was a creation. Vayivra Elohim. And God created. He created. There was a creation. Now, the only other time that we see, uh, the word bara, vayivra, that's coming from the word bara, created, is in the beginning. Bereshit bara Elohim et It's in the beginning God created heaven and earth. And so what we see now is that at the beginning of time, there was a very big creation. God had to put in place a whole lot of stuff, which happened first, second, third, um, second, third, fourth day. Now it's coming again where God is creating something far more complex. And so we have a creation until this time between the first creation and the second creation. God was merely putting things together. So that is a very, very interesting idea. Now, one of the other ideas that um, is brought down is something very interesting. Until now, God just simply placed 
the, the glorious majesty of this world together. Um, and he even in, in, you know, created the, the, the fish, et cetera, et cetera. But w- suddenly we now see God giving a blessing to his creatures. Otam Elokim. God bless, blesses them. And what does he say to them? Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters of the sea. And straight away, the rabbis ask a two-folded question. Firstly, why only once he comes to create the, 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 the fish of the sea and the, the flying creatures that are coming out, does he give the blessing of be fruitful and multiply? And second of all, when we go into the sixth day of creation, here is created, creating even much more complex uh, creatures. There is no blessing of be fruitful and multiply. Let's go look at verse 24. God says, and this is us now just tipping over into the sixth day. Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kind, cattle and creeping things and beasts of the land according to their kind. And it was so. God created the beast of the earth after its own kind, the cattle of the earth after its own kind, every creeping being um, of the ground after their kind. And God saw that it was good. So, we have really the entire animal aquatic uh, kingdom being created from the fifth day, tipping over into the sixth day. But interestingly, it is only to the fish that God says, Peru uruvu umilo ta'aretz, be fruitful and multiply. Certainly, if, uh, you know, the rest of the animal kingdom would need that blessing. Certainly, as we know today, that there are many, many species of animal that are being lost due to ex- extinction and uh, due to uh, human beings not caring for the environment. Why only um, for them? And the answer is 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 pretty interesting, and it shows an insight into uh, God's thinking and to the way that the rabbis explain it. Um, the first thing is is that all other creatures except those that are in the water live on land and they raise they raise their young there. Okay. Now, what happened was what what, what we know as 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 a matter of nature is that anything that lives generally on on the land to a large extent. Um, Save that which was described in the verse, meaning the, the, the birds that flew out of the water, came from the water and the water itself. They, cre- when they, when they, they have, when they have children, when they have progeny, they give birth to live progeny, um, in as much as we do. However, those birds and those fish that we discuss, they do not carry the, their children inside of them, but rather they lay eggs. And this makes them unbelievably vulnerable to the environment. And so in order to ensure their sustainability, their ability to procreate, God blesses them. May you be fruitful and multiply. Um, Simply because 
once you lay eggs outside of the 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 the, the mother then you are allowing things to to destroy it much much more easier than when when the animal is carrying carrying their uh, their their own so that is quite a fascinating thing why it wasn't given um to to the the animals as opposed to those that dwelt in the sea there is another reason and this is quite an interesting one and something that we will perhaps touch on next week or the week after was that in the beginning and this is a a raw raw for all those out there um who are vegetarian pescatarians in the beginning we did not eat meat um it was only after the noah and the ark that the dispensation was allowed for a human being to partake of flesh um until then um it was understood and it was known that we only eat of the plant and the fish kingdom and if that was to be the paradigm in which we should eat then that meant that there would be a tremendous amount of hunting on the 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 the, the kingdom of fish so to speak and so they got a specific blessing to be fruitful and multiply simply because they were going to be hunted far more than the living creatures that that are found on the planet so here you can see how very very specific how unbelievably wonderful it is that um that the the <clears throat> the, the torah is so precise so concerned with everything that just even watching a lesson um in 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 wording comes to teach us an amazing thing i have a message here hi rebertson where would one be able to view this cosmic clock is it on the internet or is there a website there is a uh, one uh, person called shirat devora that holds it on a website but it's really really simple to look at it's not a cosmic clock she just got it as a little line on her website but it's pretty simple take 6000 years and divided by time and you will come to 12 hours 39 minutes and all those seconds that um that you see so quite 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 interesting indeed right so we've got the fact that god creates um everything that is in the, in the sea and things that come out of the sea and are half water half uh air and now we're going to go and look at how god creates the living animals this is going now into day 6 where taitse haaretz let the earth bring forth meaning that there was almost a concealment and almost a, a dormant presence um that just simply had to be transformed into existence and what happened now is that we landed up getting all the living land creatures um and they were interestingly nefesh chaya lemina living creatures a living soul each according to its own sight and there were two types of animals that were created there was the chaya the wild animal and then there was the behema the so to speak domestic animal um you can see that in verse 25 ayaselokim et chaya ta'aretz god um gave forth the the living of the land um and then he also gave forth to the behema 
the, the cattle. And what we see is a distinction between the living creatures. And this is a distinction that Torah takes very much to heart because um, in terms of keeping kashrut, in terms of keeping to the laws of kosher, the, 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 the eating um, system of the Jewish people, we stay away from anything that is considered a chaya, a living creature. And by, by, how do we make that distinction? Quite simply, the meat um, and the flesh that we eat will only be from domesticated animals, meaning they have to be animals that um, are herbivores. And there is, this gives a little bit of an insight, even though kashrut, even though the laws of keeping kosher is a chok, it is a law that we do not understand. It is something we do because God just said we should do it. Um, there are certain insights that we can uh, derive, and one of them is that we only stick to animals that are herbivorous, simply because you are what you eat. And when one ingests um, an animal whose spirit, whose living flesh, whose blood, so to speak, inside of them is the tendency and the nature to eat another. And even though it is natural and even though it is on the food chain, nevertheless, the fact that one is able to eat of another living thing that is a characteristic that um, one does not want to ingest within oneself. And um, by sticking to the laws of kashrut, by eating those animals that are herbivorous, what we are doing is we are making a statement that we are very um, concerned, we are very sensitive to what we eat and that we recognize whatever we eat will have an effect on who we are. That is also the reason why when it comes to kashrut, we are very, very sensitive in not eating the blood of the animal, even if it is a herbivorous animal. There is a, 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 a stringency against eating blood when one um, buys kosher meat today um, because, thank God, we are very commercialized. It's like walking in any other butchery. But uh, part of the, pro the, the, the reason why kosher meat costs so much is that there is a tremendous amount of care uh, um, taken into how that animal is processed for eating, without a doubt, um, the the, slaughter, the 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 slaughtering of the animal is done in a very humane way, um, and then before it comes to, into the butcheries, it goes through an extensive cushering process, an extensive cleansing process, salting in particular, um, which drains all the blood out and then prepares it. For consumption, and so we have it over here that God created two types of animals: beasts of the earth, each over its kind, and then the cattle, each of over its kind. Now, interestingly, we also talk about all that creep on the ground, just because we're talking on the subject of kashrut. We do not eat anything creepy. Um, we have very specific signs of keeping kosher. Um, the animal has to have has to chew their cud and have split hooves. Um, anything that does not have those two signs is not allowed. And so anything creepy um, or shell-like, um, the mollusks, the, the prawns, 
the crayfish, um, all of those things are not permissible. And the only fish that, again, we will eat will be ones that have both fins and scales. And again, by having fins and scales, those are the fish that eat plankton, those that, you know, they, they only eat subsist on the plant kingdom, which as you can see, as we spoke about in the beginning, this is why God said to Peru Uruvu, um, simply because the plant and the, 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 the lower part of the animal kingdom is the only kingdom that we were allowed to eat. You're listening to Robertson Adol Kazilski. Our learning today, we are talking about the animal kingdom, the fish kingdom, and how everything came about. Now, one other interesting idea I'd like to share with you is that the animals were created just before sunset on this sixth day. Okay. Um, our rabbis, by the way, before we just get onto the sixth day, teach that God saw everything all animals, everything on this planet as good. And the rabbis teach that every single creature we can learn something from. That's number one. And number two, there are many, many um, animals where perhaps we don't partake of them, we don't eat them, but they do offer other benefits. Medicinal and other beneficial substances can be derived from them and all yield some type of benefit there is no creature on this planet that doesn't have a benefit. Very quickly, there is a very, very famous story of King David who um, was very in tune with the world around him. And at one time, um, we are told that King David asked of God why he created certain things. I'm going to just tell you two of them. One, he asked, why did he create something as ichi, as a spider? Um, and secondly, why did he create insanity um, in this world? Like he understood that there was a purpose for each and everything. He couldn't find the purpose um, for these particular two things. Um, and the story goes that with regard to the spider, we know that King David was hated by King Saul, by Melech Shaul, and King Saul um, gave chase to King David on many occasions, trying to find him, to kill him, and to dispose of him because he threatened the monarchy. And we are told that at one time King David found himself in the Judean hills, and he was running away from King David, and uh, he was t somewhere towards the top of the mountains. I understand that today to be in the vicinity of Ein Gedi. Anybody who's been to Israel, Ein Gedi is a place where you can go. It's actually a national park. You can hike there. Um, and he found found himself, um, he found a cave, an opening to a cave, and he ran into the cave to hide himself. And it said at that moment, God caused a spider um, to appear at the entrance of the cave and in a very quick and deftly manner, the spider spun the most incredible, beautiful web across the opening of the entire cave. And King Shaul's men were hot on the heels of King David, of David at the time, and uh, they came across this cave and they saw this beautiful web that was spun um, around the, the mouth of the cave and they said to each other, well, certainly David cannot live in such a thing because had a man entered it, this web would have been broken. And so they moved on. And hence, the, the, um, King, King David was saved. And afterwards, he turned around to God and said, never again will he demand why something wasn't 
why something was created as it being superfluous or having no value because it was a spider that saved his life. And very quickly, when it came to insanity as well, um, it said that at one point in time, again, he was being chased and uh, he found himself within a, a, a specific city and um, they were going from door to door trying to find him and uh, he was advised that he should act as an insane man. Um, and that's how he would get away with it. And so he put on a whole farce. He acted as if he wasn't a full box of chocolates um, and a, a person who like just had lost the plot. And with that, he saved his life yet again. So we're taught that Ein Davar, there is no thing in this world, She'ein lo makom, that doesn't have its place and doesn't have its purpose. She'ein lo adam, She'ein lo sha'a, there isn't a man who doesn't have his time. Each and every single creature on this planet, including ourselves, has a specific and unique job to do, and we are vital to the world's existence. One of the questions, last questions we can ask ourselves today is, why were the birds created on one day and not together on the sixth day with the other land animals? Um, and the answer given is that each day, a different element was involved in creation. Now, let's just talk about these elements. We know that there are the elements of fire, air, water, and on earth, and earth. Now, what happened on the first day of creation? Creation consisted of light, right? Vayihi or, and there was light. That came from the element of fire. On the second day, the heavens were created, separating what? The waters. So we had water coming in and the formation of the element of air because now we had a space. On the third day, the waters gathered into one place, dry land appeared, and so this now involved the elements of water and earth. And then the creation of plant life involved all four elements, and they were also created on the third day. And then the rabbis teach us that the cycle started again and Day one was again mimicked in day four, day two and day five, day three and day six. Let's look now at the day, days four, five and six. On the fourth day of creation, the cycle began anew. And what happened, what happened on the fourth day of creation? The astronomical bodies were created and that involved the element of fire. Um, and that mimicked in a much more complex manner that which happened on day one. The fifth day of creation saw the creation of birds. What are birds? They've got the element of air and fish, which is the element of water. And that mimics the second day of creation where the heavens were created, separating the waters and creating the element of air. And then um, the sixth day of creation, God created the animals whose element is earth. And then that's where you get there that on the third day, that's when um, the waters were gathered into one place, dry land appeared. And then what do we have at the end of that? Plant life coming. And that, the plant life has the four elements of earth, wind, earth, air, water, and fire. Similarly, at the end of the sixth day of creation, man was created, and we are told that man himself is created from all four elements. And there is a tremendous amount um, to be said about man, which hopefully we will start touching base next week. We're going to get into the very exciting uh, part 
of the creation of man and how man was introduced into this now very, very magnificent world um, that God created. So in the meantime, I'm going to wish you all a fantastic week. Stay warm. The weather looks pretty good for the week. And uh, please, God, we will be here same time, same place next week.